I punch the wall. Punch the wall. Punch, punch the wall. When I get mad, I punch the wall. Punch the wall. Punch, punch the wall. When I get mad, I punch the wall. Punch the wall. Hey there, everybody. Welcome to Brad's Cactus Shack episode 17. It's March 9th, 2023. I'm actually in the middle of putting together a snowplow show right now. And I was doing the intro, and part of the intro was trying to play this video and maybe do a little bit of commentary on it, but then it just ended up being way too long. And I don't want to make everybody complain about me, because I know they will if I make my intros too long. So I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to make a Brad's Cactus Shack of this, and that's what I'm doing right now. So let me tell you what I'm talking about. A long time ago, maybe 23 years ago or more, I used to harass this radio DJ in Florida. His name was MJ, and I believe I've done an episode of PLA Radio about this, where I talked about MJ, and then in the Phone Losers of America book, there's a chapter about MJ, but I think I changed their names to Skippy and Dippy, maybe, because those were the names of the fake DJs he used to use in his show. I also might have just made up names. I don't remember any of this stuff. But MJ, he had a morning show on FM radio. It was fairly popular. I think it was in three different markets, including the one I lived in. But he broadcast from Florida. And he would do a lot of prank calls. And I remember he prank called Judge Wapner a lot. And Judge Wapner's wife... (laughs) And they were great prank calls. I loved them. I love MJ's prank calls. But I'm like, wow, he's really harassing these old people at four and five in the morning, just over and over every week. He just keeps calling them. I wonder how he would react if he got some prank calls. And that's what this whole thing was about. I just wanted to make a prank call to MJ. And I hoped it might be a really funny one. But by the time I got around to calling him, I think he was really on to me. He was on high alert because I had um, I'd gotten into all of their shit, like uh, their whatever their phone company was. MJ says Verizon, but I think I was on their company cell phone account. Man, I, I really should just go back and listen to the PLA radio or read the chapter on this because I can't remember much of it. All I know is I went way over the line harassing this radio DJ guy. I am surprised I didn't get in any trouble for this because I did a lot of shit, including, I don't know, just prank calling him at home the prank calls weren't that funny i think i sent a few pizzas to his house i started interfering with their hollywood gossip segment by figuring out the phone number of their secret hollywood gossip guy and he seemed just completely freaked out that i had his number he thought i was with the scientologist and i think he stopped doing his segment soon after i don't know if that was because of me or not but like he would be on the phone doing his hollywood gossip stuff And I would just constantly call him over and over and over. And the call waiting would, you know, mute his voice for a split second. It's next Wednesday when he goes back to court. Um, (laughs) Hang on just one second. All right. Hello? Hey, I'm here. You you know who that is? uh, Don't answer that. That's someone just interrupting you. Just don't even answer the phone. Well, it's hard when you get a call waiting. Yeah, but just don't even answer. Let it go. Unbelievable. Yep. All right. Now, uh, Allie McBeal. And that was making it so people couldn't hear everything he said. And then they figured out this amazing solution of just hitting a star. What's the code? You know, to stop people from calling you while you're on the phone. It's been so long since I've used those. I don't remember any of them. But he started doing that, so I couldn't call in. So I went to a pay phone, and I got the operator to emergency interrupt the phone line of the Hollywood gossip guy which is really chaotic because it involves a shitload of quarters and these were fake quarters. I was using a red box. 
at a payphone to fool the payphone into thinking I was putting quarters in. But the operator just comes in on the line with this beep sound, and she's like, "This is the operator. I've got an emergency call. They want me. They want to break into the line. Are you going to release the line, Hollywood gossip guy, sir?" And all of this is going out over the air while he's trying to do his segment on the radio. I also messed with MJ's eBay account when he was doing this auction to sell burnt-up pieces of the Mir space station when it came crashing down into the ocean, which was a complete lie. It was just a radio station stunt. But somehow I was able to get into his eBay account, I think by getting into his AOL account, all through social engineering. There's like no technical skills required here. I was just super persistent. And I remember seeing their emails, like their show prep emails, where they'd send notes to each other about what stories to do. That was so cool. Uh, also not blocking anything I was doing, you know, blocking my IP address or anything like that. I wasn't protecting myself, just like with the Safeway thing. I just logged straight in. Fuck it. I was like YOLO 23 years ago. I came up with that, I'm pretty sure. And everyone started copying me. Uh, there were other things, um, just minor things. I don't remember what. I... Whatever, it doesn't matter. Go back and read all this stuff. I'm sure I will have links in the show description on, on the website or in your podcast machine, hopefully. Links to all of this stuff, all these other stories. So what I'm getting at is that three days ago, some guy named Gus Galuki, Galusi, wait, did, did I say that completely wrong? Galusi, not Galuki. I don't know how to pronounce things, but thank you, Gus, for posting this video where MJ is talking about me. Uh, I think this was three or four weeks ago. The video is about that old. And I'll have a link to this video, too, if you want to take a look at it. But it's a 15-minute long video of MJ just talking about the incident, I think, for about half of the video. And then the other half is him and his crew making fun of me for getting raided by the FBI and having to pay fines and all that stuff. So here it is. Here's the video. I have a few comments because I'm confused about a few things he said. So I'm going to stop it occasionally or talk over it. I gotta See, there's how you know it's on the radio, right? Because uh, they, they play their radio static sound. Because people on the radio love to hear that. Sorry, I don't mean to go off about the static. Let, let me start over. I mean, that's why radio is doing so great, right? Because, like, radio people, they really know what their listeners want. Listeners are like, you know what I miss? I miss the days where we had tons and tons of static. So they just throw sound clips of static on the air all the time, constantly, when they're promoting things. Okay, sorry. Here, let's get started with this. I got a package yesterday. Great static. Fester brings in... One of those little flat rate USPS. You guys have to watch the video because I don't know what the fuck this is on his microphone. It's like a windscreen, but it looks like a cute little sailboat. It's the weirdest thing. I've never seen anything like that. Must be cutting edge radio technology. Uh, priority mailboxes. And inside, after I opened it up, was a book. Okay. And the book... He's really painting a picture here. ...was a book about phone freaks and a guy wrote the book who i have a little history with now what is a phone freak now i was exposed to phone freaks <laughs> sounds I, like a ted talk was in summer camp when i was like uh 11 or 12 years old seriously i had a counselor that was into this and would tell us stories that and this is back in the 60s and the 70s and the 80s that there were like groups of people that would hack the phone company and they would figure out how to get into like the switching offices 
through certain tricks on the phone, make all kinds of free phone calls. They were called phone freaks. Okay. And there's all kinds of weird, wacky stuff that you could do with the old phone company equipment. And so I was, I w- was aware of this. By the way, even though he's so aware about phone freaks and all that stuff, he spells it uh, phone freak with an F. F-R-E-A-K. It's supposed to be P-H-R-E-A-K-M-J. Get your shit together. Turns out one of these phone freaks started screwing with the MJ Morning Show back in the late 1990s. Guy's name was Brad Carter. And Brad was a St. Louis listener. And he listened to us on Z1077, one of our affiliate stations, out of St. Louis. And he lived right across the Mississippi in Illinois, in East Alton. Lovely. This guy was harassing me. Hell yeah, I was. didn't know who he was until, well, it was discovered who he was. It was a long time, right? Uh, Yeah, it was like a year. This guy was uh, calling my home phone at all hours and was, you know, trying to, you know, screw with me on the phone. And I would... And I failed. Because that was my whole point. I just wanted one funny prank call from MJ. I mean, I probably would have still messed with them a bunch if it had been a good prank call, but it wasn't. Phone at all hours and was, you know, trying to, you know, screw with me on the phone. And I would change my phone number. And a day later, I would change my unlisted number. And a day later, the guy would be calling me again on my brand new number. I went through like, I don't know, eight phone numbers at my house. Yeah, right. And Verizon at the time. He did not change his number eight times. Well, maybe what he means is that he had several phone lines. I don't remember how many he had. I know he had at least two in his house. A lot of people did back then. So maybe he changed his number four times. That sounds more believable, but, you know, two phone numbers eight times. I would get both phone numbers every single time. And I don't know why he'd keep changing them because obviously it's not working. If it doesn't work three times, it's not going to work the fourth time. But he's probably putting passwords on his account or something to keep me out. But those don't matter. Come on. Uh, Couldn't figure out what was going on. And, well, we found out what it was. Their security was so lax that this guy, this Brad Carter, he was a social engineering massager. So this guy was a total social engineer. I've never in my life heard that term, social engineer massager. I mean, I've heard social engineer, but... Hold on. Social engineer massager. Yeah, I don't see anything on Google. Maybe it's just a super old term or something about social engineering. I've never heard it before. I think MJ just made that up. So this guy was a total social engineer. He would like get on the phone and fake that he was with a different department at Verizon and his computer was locked out. Hey, can you look something up for me? So that's how the guy was. I mean, it was just like simple stuff. The guy would wiggle in to a back number at Verizon, pretend he was an employee, and he would scam him. And it was like just social engineering. So that's how this guy, it was simple stuff. He wasn't like totally hacking into their computer network. Yeah. He was getting uh, people to give them stuff over the phone. Get somebody on the line, make a friend, try to give them a story and get the information. Now, yeah. since then, a lot of the companies like the cell Good phone job, companies, Fester. for instance, they have gone to uh, better security uh, for instance, the person at the phone company, like if like T-Mobile, AT&T, Verizon Wireless, uh, if you don't know the account PIN number, they can't get in. No. 
So you can't, a lot of you can't do this crap. I don't know about that, MJ. I mean, okay, with Verizon, they are very good about not letting you into the accounts. The last time I checked, I haven't really messed with people's accounts in a really long time now. But come on, MJ, don't pretend that everything's completely secure now and it's just a old timey thing that people used to be able to do. Because I promise it all still works. There's always a way anymore in most cases. But this guy was calling our house at all hours coming up with all kinds of stories uh he'd have my new coming up with all kinds of stories what does that mean i have no idea what that means uh he'd have my new number the day after we changed it and verizon was baffled then uh one why night why were they baffled they know social engineering happens it makes no sense that they'd be baffled uh, like the last delivery for domino's pizza like one in the morning i get a phone call saying it's coming to your front door. Ooh. And th- yeah. And then the doorbell rings. I'm like, what the hell? I grab like a, a Glock, uh, you know, 45 caliber. I answer the door with a gun in my hand and it's the, the Domino's pizza guy D- dropping off a pizza. This guy sent the pizza into my house at like one o'clock in the morning. Yeah. I mean, cra- cra- which is like, okay, so maybe I sent him a pizza. I don't know. But also maybe I gave his number to other people. And they did this to him because that just doesn't sound like something I would do to call somebody up at one in the morning and say it's it's coming to your front door unless he's just exaggerating and, and making it sound worse than it was. I don't get that because unless he just misunderstood what I said, maybe he didn't get my joke and took it as a major threat. I don't know. It's weird. But yeah, I probably sent him a pizza, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, cr- Ew, crazy stuff. So but then he started yep, uh, calling like BJ at home from the old MJ and BJ yeah, show. He was calling uh, Froggy number one at home. And he was doing all this this crap. And it was getting to be very harassing. Oh, and yeah. I would mentioned this at the time to uh, Sheriff uh, David G. And Sheriff G... Uh, said, uh, you know, I got a couple of guys in our intel division. Uh, t- t- tell, tell them the story. So told them the story. The two guys, it was uh, Joe Greco and Jason Van Brunt. Jason Van Brunt, Hillsborough County Sheriff's Office. You know those guys. These guys found the guy. I don't know how the hell they did it, but they found it, and they're like, hey, we're coming over to talk to you. Found them. I don't know how the hell. It was amazing. <laughs> and they said, yep. Guy's name is Brad Carter, lives in East Alton, Illinois. I'm like, oh, man, that's right across. And he always says I live in East Alton, Illinois. I don't get that. I lived in Alton. It's a whole different city. But 20 years ago, he went on a rant about being. He said East Alton back then, too. Boston, St. Louis. Anyway, uh, we found out who this guy was. And they called him up and they said, listen, this is the Hillsborough County Sheriff's Office. Uh, we're going to you know, work with the East Alton police to get a warrant for your arrest for harassment. Anyway, it shut the guy down. OK, so that part right there is very confusing to me because I do not remember that phone call. And I don't know how I could forget a phone call like that. I do have a horrible memory. I admit that. But I don't remember getting this phone call he's talking about. As far as I can remember, I just kind of got bored with messing with MJ and I stopped. But I don't remember a call from the cops. And I would get called by the cops occasionally back then uh, for all kinds of stuff. Like one thing I remember um, this guy on the PLA forums, by that I mean the Yahoo email group, he challenged us to harass him. So we did. And then he's like, uh, hey guys, can you please stop? I didn't know it would be this bad. And we would just occasionally do things to him. And I got a call from his police station 
wherever he lived. I don't remember where he lived. I lived in Illinois at the time. Alton, Illinois, not East Alton, Illinois. But when cops would call me, I would just kind of be a dick to him and say silly things. And I remember doing that when this Yahoo email list thing happened with Bryce. Did I say his name was Bryce yet? I can't remember. I remember just telling the cops, I don't think you're going to drive all the way out here to Illinois and get me, are you? He's like, no, we'll, we'll work with your police station and... and I don't know. Nothing ever happened with that kind of stuff. So maybe I got this call from MJ's cop friends and I was just a dick or said, yeah, whatever to him and didn't think much of it. But also something I noticed when I was still working on the intro to the uh, Snowplow show is that at the end, he says the police called him and he kept doing it. It didn't just shut him down like he just said. He says I kept harassing him. So that's a little confusing. He says one thing and then the other. He's probably misremembering things too because we're both old people and this was over 20 years ago. But that confuses me. I don't know why he's saying that the cops called me. I don't think the cops called me. He thought that he was so smart. His deal was he would use like calling cards that right. would not produce a um, trace. A, a, a trace so the caller yeah. ID wouldn't work. And if you hit like a star 57 for a phone company trap, uh, that wouldn't work. So this guy thought he was so brilliant until he wasn't because my uh, buddies at the Hillsborough County Sheriff's Office, they tracked this guy down. For your run-of-the-mill prank caller, he was pretty smart. Not, not, and this went on for a year. I remember, this is true, I did do this. I used a calling card uh, from my house, so it cost me extra money. But I was just using my regular long-distance provider at the time, which was Lightyear Communications. They were really cheap like much cheaper than AT&T and stuff. But if I dialed through my calling card, you'd use calling cards like from pay phones and stuff if you needed to make long distance phone calls and you didn't have a bunch of quarters. So this calling card, it would block caller ID. And I know how the cops probably found me. They probably figured out that it was Lightyear Communications and they called up Lightyear and said, hey, tell us which of your customers is calling these phone numbers right here. And they gave the cops my info. Not, not, and this went on for a year. Right. Turns out... This guy wrote a book <laughs> and we're a chapter in this book. He's so excited about it. It's weird. Like he's a radio DJ. People talk about him all the time. Why is he excited? That's but weird. On what? On, on phone freaking on like just what they did all oh the kind God. of, but wait a minute. There's a reason why I'm telling the story and it's beyond just the book. The book apparently was copyrighted in, let's see, the book is copyright. 2010. All right, so it's an old book. So 2010 is when the guy wrote the book, and it's a whole chapter, and it call, it's called The Wax. Why was that important when it was written, 2010? I'm confused. He seemed excited about that. And it call, it's called The Wacky Morning DJ, and he changes all of our names, so we're, it's not MJ. So you can't sue him. Yeah, so he changed all the names. Also, he took a lot of liberties in the story, so he actually embellished a lot. He, he left out the fact that uh, he did. See, that's another thing I don't get. I don't think I embellished anything in that book, except other people have said that I have. I don't think I did. But um, yeah, he's talking about how I left out the part where the cops called me and I don't remember the cops calling me uh, ever. He did say that I did figure out who he was and he had no idea how I did it. He left out the fact that he was called by the Hillsborough County Sheriff's Office uh, threatening to fly out there to have him arrested. So yeah, because uh, I know they're not going to fly out and arrest me. That's not what local cops do, is it? Or sheriffs even. I don't think sheriffs do that. Do they get on planes and go arrest prank callers? I mean, I was more than a prank caller. I was harassing a radio DJ. They were pretty important people back then. To have him arrested. So uh, he left that out of the book. But So this is a fictional book? 
No, the no, it's, it's a real book. No, but it's he embellished. just changed your name. It's half fictional, half real. But it was designed to be confusing, so it's pretty funny if he thinks every story in there is real. Yeah, it's a, it's okay. a real book all about his exploits and told the story about harassing me. There's like 12 pages of, of the harassment of me in the book. <laughs> but he wrote it from his perspective. Right. And he took some creative liberties. Right, and I had no well, idea this didn't. book existed until a, a listener sends me the book. In the mail with a note, hey, I remember uh, you, you uh, were harassed by this guy, and I found, I don't know how this guy, I don't know if it's a friend of this guy, I don't even know if maybe it is this guy, Brad, sending me the book. It probably is somebody who's a listener of my show and MJ's show or something, probably a little bit of crossover happening. Under a, a different name, I don't know. That's probably well, we, what it is. Yeah. We, we've, we've talked about it before. We have. We've talked about this guy and the harassment on the show a couple of times over the years, but... Uh-huh. I only heard one time, and this time, I guess there was another time where they ranted about me. There's a chapter to this that I did not talk about. This book's from 2010. This guy, Brad, the phone freak loser dude. Oh, that's why he wanted to know what the date was on the book, because he wants to make fun of me. This guy got in trouble and almost went to federal prison, so he he got his just desserts. He he, uh, had his little thing coming to him, and I wanted to share this with you. He screwed with Safeway, the supermarket chain, right. and was harassing customers of their like frequent uh, uh, customer program. Like a customer survey oh, program yeah, yeah. or a L- customer reward Listen to program. This. Or the complainer yeah, database. As soon as the book showed up, and there's a whole section on this guy harassing me and calling, oh, he didn't put the pizza story in there. And so- See, I, re- I don't know if I sent him a pizza. Why would I send him a pizza? Maybe one of my friends did that. I don't know. But if I left it out of the book, I mean, it may have happened, but maybe it was just such an insignificant thing. I didn't write about it. So I remembered that we did look him up years ago and there was a story that popped up and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to tell the story. I'm going to tell the story about the book showing up. Some listeners sent me the book and I'm, uh, you know, part of a, a chapter here. And I remembered that this guy got in trouble. Good for you, And this is from 2017. I got to share this with you. Prank calls to Safeway customers backfire on YouTube blogger. Oh, look at that. MJ uses the same phone as me. We both use pixels. So then he started to do his phone pranks on YouTube to monetize them and make money. Well, guess what? Yeah, your pranks are on YouTube also, MJ. I'm pretty sure of that. Bradley Carter. I'm going to read this. This is from uh, Oregon Live. From Oregon Live. I think it's the Oregonian newspaper. I think it's probably out of Portland. Yeah. Yeah, Listen to this. Bradley Carter landed before a federal judge Monday (laughs) on a case that a prosecutor (laughs) called more than a practical joke gone too far. Carter, who started Phone Losers of America in 1990, (laughs) uh, in the 90s rather, obtained personal information about Safeway customers, made prank calls to them across the country, recorded and then broadcast the conversations on YouTube to ridicule people, Assistant U.S. Attorney Scott Bradford said. The stunt began after an anonymous Reddit user sent Carter an email with the credentials to log into a Safeway customer service account. Carter, 44 at the time, uh, back in 2017. Not the first time that's happened, by the way. Just the first time I was dumb enough to use it. Of Albany, Oregon, obtained the personal information of shoppers from a customer satisfaction survey that the grocery store chain conducted. 
He then impersonated a Safeway employee and made harassing phone calls to the customers. He recorded and uploaded the call. He looks so excited about this, you guys. You got to watch this video. It's kind of weird, really. ...to his YouTube channel, seeking to drive up traffic, page views, and subscribers, and to secure more advertising revenue, according to the federal prosecutors. With access to the customer satisfaction surveys, Carter would pose as a store manager and call the customer and make up stuff about the customer's complaint, according to investigators. He called customers from Massachusetts to Texas, California, Oregon, and Washington. In one case, for example... When a customer complained about a store's remodel and moving of a Starbucks kiosk to the back of the store, Carter suggested the customer could stand to lose a few extra pounds with the extra walk. In another call, Carter <laughs> Yep. In another You gotta pause for laughter, MJ. Let everybody laugh at my hilarious joke. And I wonder if his uh, co-workers are as excited about all this as he is, because they don't seem to be. I don't know about this girl he's got with him, but Froggy and Fester, they were there back in the day, and I'm pretty sure I harassed both of them, the hot-headed Froggy, not the weird and timid Froggy number two. Call Carter spoke to a customer who had complained that the meats advertised are never available for sale in the store. Carter assured the customer that the meats are in the back, but only for really good customers that hung up. The prosecution. And I mentioned on the Snowplow Show, I did not just hang up. It's not how I do prank calls. What the hell? Urged U.S. District Judge Marco A. Hernandez to send Carter to prison for eight months for intentionally accessing a public computer without authorization. He publicly embarrassed uh, at least 14 Safeway. A public computer? I think it was a private computer. Customers damaged the groceries' uh, reputation, according to the prosecutor. Nah. Uh, anyway, let me cut to the uh, the final thing here. The judge gave him uh, eight months of uh, house arrest. Out of fear for his own life. Yeah. And, and, and... Yeah, investigators... Uh, what? What the fuck are you talking about, Fester? Listen to the blog, uh, say what... Oh, say... They put the camera on him, and he just he kind of stammered off. That was weird. What the hell, Fester? I think Fester just had a heart attack. House arrest. Out of fear for his own life. Yeah. And, and, and yeah, investigators. I guess he's trying to say the judge is afraid of me or the, the district attorney or whatever. Whoever wanted me to go to prison because I'm totally going to harass the district attorney and judge with prank phone calls if they do anything bad to me. Uh, listen to the blog. Uh, Safeway. Oh, Safeway had to shut down their customer service survey affecting 2,300 stores. I mean, Safeway's an enormous... <laughs> yeah. Is it the largest supermarket in the country? I think Kroger might be. I think be. Kroger's got yeah. me, yeah. Yeah, Kroger, oh. but Safeway's big as well. And then Safeway uh, bought Albertsons, didn't they? I, thought, I think uh, so. Yeah, because uh, I was pranking Albertsons customers, too. Albertsons and Safeway. And I think there was other grocery stores in there, but I just stuck to the two that I knew. At some point... Uh, when the FBI raided his home on November 8th, 2016, Carter essentially he confessed to the offense, accepted responsibility. He pleaded guilty to the crime in early July of 2017. Quote, I'm sorry I wasted the court's resources on something like this. <laughs> Standing between his two lawyers, I realized what I did was wrong. The judge questioned. That was me reading off of a post-it because I can't remember things to say. Come on. And Mr. Carter. Do you know who is in federal prison? <laughs> Listen, this is a quote. This is a quote. Mr. Carter, do you know who is in federal prison? 
What happens to people like you in federal prison? What happens yeah, to exactly. people like yeah. you? Carter nodded. What are you in you, for, prank calling? Yeah, <laughs> Carter nodded. I've been there before. I've been in like county jails, and they're like, "What are you in for?" Oh, I made some prank calls. You know how it goes. You think you know what's in there, but you don't. The judge said. Carter told the judge, "I made a mistake." Yeah, the judge hesitated, then told Carter that the fear he's feeling at the moment, with his heart beating rapidly, wondering if he'd go to federal prison, is how your victims felt. Oof. Uh, anyway, he ended up getting... I don't think so. I mean, the, the the way that the judge thinks I feel. I mean, come on, judge. I don't have emotions, but I don't think any of the people I called felt like they were going to go to prison for eight months. Uh, oh, he said if he was a state judge still that he would get a, a much different sentence, but uh, he would have done 90 days in a community jail for his crime. Anyway, the court, federal court, sentenced him to eight months of home detention with GPS monitoring periodic searches of his computers, 250 hours of community service. The GPS monitoring never happened, by the way. Even though the judge ordered it, I guess my probation officer was able to say, nah, that's silly, you don't need that. And they gave me a phone number-based check-in thing instead, which, yeah, I could never figure out a way around that. Five years of probation, and he also had to pay a $19,600 restitution charge. Did so, he get popped for broadcasting those calls too? No, I don't think that ever happened. Really? Well, because it wasn't on broadcast; it was on YouTube. It wasn't on on the oh, radio. Yeah, it wasn't matter. wasn't an FCC. It wasn't an FCC thing. Oh. So anyway, uh, I I just thought that that was an interesting story. How isn't that amazing? It really is. So this guy was harassing me. We figured out who he was. The cops called. Didn't scare him. He continued, and then he almost see before he said the cops called, and that shut him down. I forget what else he said before, but. I don't understand why he says they shut me down, but then right there. So this guy was harassing me. We figured out who he was. The cops called, didn't scare him. He continued, and then he almost went to federal prison. So he's got. I think the reason I stopped is because I realized the thing I did with uh, eBay and AOL, you know, I hacked into his AOL, and then I used that to hack into his eBay. I got his eBay password emailed to his AOL account. I think I was just, uh, you know, thinking maybe I should tone it down a bit, and I stopped. I think there was one thing I did after the eBay thing, and it was like months or, you know, long after, but they were all going to a uh, wedding together, and the wedding had something to do with Oprah, but Oprah wasn't in the wedding. Oprah was a friend of some I don't know. I ended up pranking a bunch of them in their hotel rooms, though, because uh, on the air, on the radio station, MJ guaranteed that his staff would not be able to figure out which hotel he was staying in it would be impossible they'd never do it i can't remember if i did it i know i went on mj's phone account again and the wedding was taking place in chicago illinois so i checked his phone bill to see who he was calling in chicago illinois right around then and he was calling a reservation line for a certain hotel and i don't know it probably fizzled out around then. I, I think I got bored with him or I moved or something. So he's got a federal record. He did home detention. Good for him. And probation. So uh, Brad Carter, who went from Illinois to Oregon, now I believe he's in New Mexico. Good for him. Oh, yeah. Brad. So Yep, New Mexico. That's where I ended up, MJ. Good old Brad Carter. So whoever sent me the book, um, I left a note at home. Uh, yeah. It, I, it, it was... Was yeah. it from out of town? Is yeah, the book was mailed from like Shreveport, Louisiana. 
It's just so hey, and it was nice. Like they even put a little post-it note on the chapter, and the note was like, you know, he included the uh, email address. Hey, I thought you'd enjoy this. I I read this book, and I, I realized that hey, he was talking about you because he'd heard us talk about it in the past. So listen, it might be totally legit, but if, if it is, thank you very much for sending me the book. He's but, the one guy who read it. But if you're Brad Carter, fuck you for sending me this book secretly. And that was a that was a great burn, Froggy. There at the end, he's the one guy that read it. You got me good. What did I ever do to you? I never harassed that Froggy. I only harassed the original Froggy. Hopefully, I'm remembering all the details of all of this correctly because it's been a long time. And if I wrote something completely different in the book or in that episode of PLA Radio, it's probably more accurate because all that was ten years ago. And at this point, we're 20 years from when I was dedicating my life to harassing MJ. I remember they had a weird phone carrier at the actual radio station, which was called Clear Channel back then. But I can't remember the name of it. I also don't know where any of my MJ files are. I may have just deleted them all because I save everything. But I've seen no trace of MJ phone bills or anything as far as I can remember over the past 20 years. Maybe I threw them all away when I moved away from Illinois. Anyway, the carrier with Clear Channel, the one that the radio station used for their internal phone system in the building, it might have been MCI, but it also might have been some random carrier that I've never heard of. But I remember calling the assignment office or whatever it's called with whatever company it was. And I'm just like, hey, I'm a technician working on the the phone lines in this building. And my boss says, you need to fax me a list of every single phone number that's working in this entire building. And they did. It was easy. They're just like, okay. And uh, I had a fax line set up through, I think, maybe UFAX at the time. And they faxed over a list of every single phone number. It wasn't like a directory. There were no names on this list. It was just phone numbers. And then I sat there for hours and hours and days and, you know, called up every single phone number at the entire radio station. I don't remember how many there were, but uh, I was calling up every number and asking for MJ. Just hoping, you know, just kind of fishing for information like, oh, MJ, no, this, this isn't his number. He, he uses this number. But that never happened. Uh, I think by the time I got to anybody who knew MJ, they knew somebody was uh, trying to get info on MJ and nobody was saying nothing. And I did find MJ's office line. And I also found the radio station's uh, call-in line, like the, the hotline or whatever they call it, that pretty much puts you in direct contact with the DJ that's currently on the air. I remember calling that quite a few times and talking to the DJ on the air. I don't remember what about, probably just talking shit about MJ. Oh, holy shit, look at this. I'm looking at the uh, MJ and BJ prank call clips that I have left. There's uh, one here that says prank call to MJ on the station's hotline. It's two minutes long. I bet you it's stupid and sounds awful. Yellow! What are you doing? Hey, what's up? Hi. Can I talk to MJ? Who's this? Roy. Hold on one second. All right. So I think that was Froggy, like the original Froggy, but I could but I could be wrong. Could be Fester. I don't know. Hello. Hi there, fruity baby. Hello. Hi. Hello. Uh, who's this? This is Roy. Yeah, what do you need? Hi. I just called to say hi. Okay. Because you don't answer your home phone anymore. Hi, so what do you need? I called for MJ. Okay. Hi. So what can I do for you? I just called to say hi. I said hi five times. Hi. Okay, so what else you want to say? Uh, just hi. 
Hi there. Hi there. Hi. All right. Okay, and would you like to share anything else with me today? No, thank you. Just hi. All right. Man, I don't know what the point of this call was. I think just to let MJ know that I had the station hotline number and there's nothing he can do about it. What did you say about my home phone? Huh? What did you say about my home phone? I didn't. You're hearing things. Oh, no, I, I heard it loud. No, I don't think so. Call, call me later today. I'll answer. Bye-bye. All right. Hang up now. Dial star five seven. So that was a completely boring call to uh, MJ on the hotline. I don't know why I just played that. I was just kind of surprised to see that on the list. I forgot I talked to MJ at the radio station. And as long as I'm playing prank calls from this here, I've got to play the one that I made to Froggy's house. This one is called the Skippy and Dippy Show. And you guys remember how I used to always say that this is Skippy from the Skippy and Dippy Show. Whenever, uh, you know, they would call bullshit on my pranks. That was an MJ morning show thing. He used to say the fake DJ names of Skippy and Dippy all the time. I don't know where that originates from, but for me, it originates from MJ. But anyway, I know this, this call to Froggy's house is hilarious. I think this was my absolute favorite. This is the one call for me, anyway, that made all of this harassment of MJ worth it. And it's not even anyone that's on his staff anymore. This is old Froggy. He left the show right around the time I was harassing everybody. And they brought in new Froggy. Froggy version 2.0. Hello? Hey, Froggy. Yo. Hey, this is Skippy from the Skippy and Dippy show. Uh, We we want you to come work for us. Who is this? We've heard you. We we really like your stuff and we think you're ready to come and work for us. Alright, who is this? This is, this is Skippy. Alright, look, I'm not from this bullshit. Who is this? From Skippy and Dippy. This is Foggy, right? No. Yes, it is. Well, who is this? This is Skippy, God. I said three times now. So we got a deal? I'm, this, I'm giving you about ten seconds to tell me who the fuck this is and I'm going to trace this call. <laughs> you got, like, tracing equipment hooked up to your line? What? You got a bunch of tracing equipment hooked up to your line? Yeah, I do, actually. Really? Who gave who you that? It? How did you get that? Who is this? Like, which model of tracing tracer equipment thingy do you have? Who is this? My name's Skippy. See, I basically never change during prank calls. I still ask people that same question about their tracing equipment that they're about to activate. Okay. I'm from the Skippy and Dippy show. Okay, well, that's great. My name's Dickhead. Really? Yeah. I have a cousin named Dickhead. Good one, Brad. Is your house really, like, infested with termites? Yeah. Oh. I was just curious, because I heard from somebody that was. Hello? Yeah. So you're not very talkative. Do you want to hang up? Because I don't know who you are. Oh, I told you. Where are you located? What city? Uh, we're in Tucson. Tucson what? (laughs) Ohio. Skippy and Dippy show in Tucson, Ohio. Yeah. So, okay, really, I'm a friend of Carson's. Well, okay, well, why are you calling my house? I don't know. He told me to. Oh, he did? Yeah. Oh, really? Oh, really? Well, that's good. But that's the case, Carson's going to lose his job. No, he's not. You want to bet on that one? Carson was another guy on their staff. I kind of forget who he was at this point. But it kind of sounds like I'm going to get him fired. I think you have any authority there. You want to bet on that one, buddy? Sure. I've got a new program director coming to town that's not going to put up this kind of bullshit. Oh, no. I don't need this stuff. Well, that's Carson's problem, not mine. Okay, well, who is this? My name's Skippy. 
I really am a DJ. And, That's great. And, you know, I know exactly who you are. In Tucson, Ohio. Yeah, I know exactly who you are. Okay. You've been calling everybody from the radio station. No, I'm not. Bullshit. You think I don't know who you are? You've called MJ. You've called You've called Shannon Ray. You've called Waldo. You've called everybody. Let me tell you something, buddy. We're on to your, we're, we're on to your fucking case, okay? I'm tired of this bullshit. You think it's funny to call everybody's house and be a little, be a little asshole and be a little nuisance? It's getting old. That's not me. That's... You know what, dude? It is you. It is you. Well, it's the same shit all the time. If you know bullshit. If you know exactly who I am. Hold you. Let me tell you something. If I get a hold of you, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take your head off and shit down your throat. You understand me? That's creative. <laughs> That's the call to Froggy. I love that one. That was kind of the level of anger I was hoping to get from MJ, but no, MJ just basically doesn't say anything over the phone. That's hilarious to me. But at least there was Froggy. Froggy number one. Thanks, Froggy number one. I wonder what happened to that guy. I'm glad MJ's new Froggy is much more chill. So it's been a few days since I recorded all of this. I just now did some editing on it and put it all together. And I was going to, you know, just throw in some random prank calls to MJ around the show, but I didn't really see any good place to do that. And really, most of the pranks, they sound awful because I'm recording off of landlines since internet sucked back then. But I did spot some mistakes in what I said in here, and I'm too lazy to go back and edit those. So mistake number one, I said I used a Redbox at the payphone, but I don't think I did. I think by that point, Redboxing didn't work from payphones that well. So I think I actually brought like 20 bucks and quarters with me. It was really expensive to emergency interrupt a line back then, but maybe I used a Redbox. Maybe I used quarters. Whatever I wrote on the book is probably the real answer. And what was the other thing? I think I was mixing up the radio station's uh, landline phone and their cell phone accounts because I got every single phone number on both of them. You know, I got every single landline in the building at their radio station. And then there was a company cell phone account that may have been Nextel at the time. Now I'm just making up things again. I don't know. But uh, yeah, I got all the phone numbers off of the cell phone account and the landline account and MJ's home phone account. But I was confused about what I was saying there. I, I don't even know. I probably just don't remember. But I always forget to mention that uh, in the end, like, uh, you know, I stopped listening to MJ. I don't remember why. I just didn't listen anymore for a year or two, but then I started listening to him again and there was all this stuff with Lindsay Lohan going on and for whatever reason I had Lindsay Lohan's phone number and I'd been in her account and found lots of interesting stuff in there. It was her personal cell phone number and she changed it a few times, I guess because it was given out and somebody gave it to me. I don't remember who and she would get it changed and just like with MJ's phone, I would call up T-Mobile. I remember she had T-Mobile. And I'd be like, hey, T-Mobile, this is Big Roy over in the receivables department. And I'm transferring you a customer. Here's the number. And they'd pull it up and I'd be like, I've got a puppy here and I'm going to kill this puppy if you don't give me Lindsay's new phone number or something like that. I don't remember exactly how the whole technique worked. Something similar to that, maybe. But oh, yeah. Where was I going with this? Um, MJ, he was trying to call Lindsay Lohan on the air and he did not get through to her. So I gave him her new phone number and I think I typed up like a small apology to him or something like, hey, sorry, I harassed your show a bunch a couple years ago. He didn't respond to that or anything, but he was trying her new phone numbers and some other phone numbers I gave him on 
on the air and he actually said this is from one of our phone freak friends in the st louis market and i'm like oh mj loves me he's calling me a friend so we were best friends by the end of this whole thing all thanks to lindsey lohan but then i moved to oregon and never listened to his show again i was thinking at first it seemed really cool that mj just loved my pranks so much because he seems so amused and entertained while he's talking about my pranks but then he started talking about all my charges and stuff with Safeway and the courts and he sounded just as happy on that part. So whatever MJ, I see how it is. I still love your old prank calls, your crotchety old man pranks. I highly recommend people looking those up on YouTube and listening. They're a lot of fun. Some people say they're fake. I don't think they're fake, but even if they are, they're really entertaining. And someday, me and MJ, we're going to do prank calls together. I think enough time has passed. I could send MJ an email or something through normal communications without violating his privacy and saying, hey, MJ, let's do some prank calls together. It'll be fun. And he'll be like, sure, Brad, we're best friends after all. Let's do it, MJ. Let's make prank calls together. I probably mentioned this before, but in the description of wherever you are listening to this, I'm going to put in a bunch of links to things like the YouTube video of MJ talking about all this and a link to the, the old PLA radio episode of this. I should throw in a download link to the book if anyone wants to read those whole 12 pages about MJ. And yeah, just look for the description, though. Uh, there'll be lots of stuff in there to read and listen to. And I'm sure there's a lot more sound clips in that PLA radio of MJ than there were in this one. So thank you for listening to this episode of Brad's Cactus Shack. I hope it was enjoyable. But if it wasn't, you should email MJ and tell him how much I suck. Me and my grandma went to prison together. Best friends forever. Me and my grandma went to prison together. Best friends forever. Me and my grandma did it, we did the crime So together, we gotta do the time Buck naked in line at the prison admissions Welcome to hell, grandma cries and I yell Wake the fuck up grandma, we're in prison Survival is a mission, think with precision We gotta survive, learn to stay alive Join the prison gang for protection so we don't die Why are we getting tattoos on our foreheads? Cause in a prison gang, you gotta follow orders Gotta survive Learn to stay alive After a few months it was easy time We lift weights together Play dominoes Gambling for six and the TV remote In our bunk in the cell Grandma gets the top A smooch good night when the lights go out Me and my grandma Together in prison Praise the prisms Crystals, wisdom, lockdown Sweaty mayor of a hot town Corruption, death, destruction The walls are crumbly, my stomach's grumbly the prison butthole weed gets us all mumbly Praise Jay humbly through all the strife Me and my grandma in prison for life Me and my grandma went to prison together Best friends forever Me and my grandma went to prison together Best friends forever Me and my grandma went to prison together Best friends forever Me and my grandma went to prison together Best friends forever Survival is the mission Think with precision This isn't faggot county jail, bitch This is prison Grandma's got the vision We gotta get a hustle Me, I got the muscle Ready to rustle Snickers and ruffles Heroin hustles A pound of heroin In my grandma's stretchy butthole Poop it out Let's make some money There's money on the yard Don't be a retard And it's so pretty Crooked mayor of a cold city Me and my grandma in prison And it's so gritty We run this shit like Master Blaster She sits on my 
my shoulders and gives me the orders. Bricks and mortar, barbed wire fences, life sentence, plaintiffs, defendants. Wake up! We're in prison, Grandma! And lights out, can I get a hand job? Yeah. Me and my grandma went to prison together. Best friends forever. Me and my grandma went to prison together. Best friends forever. Me and my grandma went to prison together. Best friends forever. Me and my grandma went to prison together. Best friends forever. Star Trek 7. You did. And you're traced. Have a nice day. Oh my god. Oh my god.